One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of How Many, the only podcast on the internet that counts. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today are Scott, Jr., Gary, and Bob. Tonight, we are not really counting. One of the things that binds us together is the sports station here in Dallas, Sports Radio 1310. In the past, they did a segment called Biggest Show Coming to Town. Well, since COVID, there are no shows coming to town and they kind of morphed into a segment they've been calling bands of your life basically they ask a guest to join them and they have 11 questions the guest needs to give a band for each question and the kicker is you can only use a band or musician once this is our final round among all us guys save the best so, for last saving the best for last we're you are batting cleanup band i hate so i do have a couple of honorable mentions the first one has already been discussed and again will make Sam Listman upset. Bob Dylan, I don't understand how he actually gets recording contracts with that voice. <laughs> now, like somebody else mentioned, great songwriter and people that have covered him have good hits that get generated, but yeah, I just, I don't understand. Another honorable mention I put here was the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. I always thought they were kind of a whip. Iris, I think, was a whip song. That, that whole genre of music, I think, is kind of a whip. But the actual pick that I went with is Maroon 5. I think Adam Levine's voice is almost as bad as Bob Dylan's. He's so whiny and over the top. I know they're kind of a newer band in relation to some of the picks that you guys have made. They're an immediate punch out too, especially that Moves Like Jagger song. I don't get why they're so popular. I mean, their stuff's pretty catchy. I mean, the guy, I know what you're Martin saying Martin about Green the voice. Really good. Yeah, and the whoops, whatever those song is where they go to all the weddings. Sugar something. That's a very catchy song, but you're right about the voice. It's very high. The lead singer of that band was on a season of American Horror Story. Like in the first episode, he gets killed off, but I was kind of hoping that that was documentary more than an actual fictional <laughs> <laughs> TV show. See, Maroon 5, to me, it wouldn't even made any of my work. I don't even recognize them as being a band. Their music is just so, meh. I don't understand the popularity of it or why people would even bring them up. I have, they do have some hits. I'm not a fan, but I think I have maybe two or three of their songs on my phone. Popular is what popular is people making fun of Michael Jackson for about 30 years but uh, there's a reason why he sold the way he sold there's a bunch of people out there that like it alright band you think is overrated alright so let's talk about a couple of honorable mentions the first one I know is going to make Bob upset I think R.E.M. is a little overrated they have maybe three or four good songs uh, uh, <laughs> people think so you're losing your religion over <laughs> okay. yeah, losing my religion uh, is one of their better ones some of their songs are whip. I will tell you that R.E.M. was very much not popular with my ex-wife. She hated the voice of Michael Stipe with a passion. The other one was one that Jesse mentioned in a positive way, but I kind of think the Eagles are a little overrated as well. Uh, wow. I acknowledge that they have a lot of great songs, but I thought their best song was not even sung by Don Henley or Glenn Fry. I thought Timothy B. Schmidt's song was was the best one that they had. Oh, I can't, can't tell, tell you. you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Hey, Angel's going to be happy to hear this, Junior, because he hates the Eagles. Now, I don't hate them. I just think that they're put up on too much of a pedestal. And like you guys were discussing when they came into town, their tickets were like $1,000 a piece. There's no way I would spend even close to that. Just real quick, what's the most you've ever spent on a single concert ticket? To see Springsteen Mm. on Broadway, it was a lot, and I don't want to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) My wife bought me a ticket to see Neil Young at one of the theaters in Dallas, and I went alone because we couldn't afford two tickets. And what was interesting is I was sitting in my row, and I started talking to the guy next to me. He was in the same thing. He goes, yeah, I bought one ticket. My wife didn't come because it was too expensive, and the guy next to him was like, yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, The actual band that I went with, and it was mentioned earlier in one of the other episodes, I just don't understand the overall appeal of Pink Floyd. Oh, overrated wow. as it comes. I, I feel there's a bonding here. <laughs> going with the shotgun blast. I'm going to go ahead and say that I can easily pick out two people in this podcast that haven't smoked much weed. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's pretty much the only that way is a true thing. you can I appreciate them, right? Yes. You have to basically have five bongs surrounding you no. as you're so watching you, the Wizard of Oz. You don't, but that frame of mind certainly helps. Do you agree with the old Ryan's categorization of them as being music for teenage mental patients? Yes. <laughs> when you listen to their music, envision somebody in a straight jacket in an insane asylum, sitting there staring at white walls. <laughs> now, let's say they had an, a hit in the 80s that I liked. I liked uh, Learning to Fly. But you don't like We Don't Need No Education? I don't hate it, but I don't praise it as much as everybody else seems to as great money and all those yeah cash register noise after every other second (laughs) Uh, all right we're gonna move away from the two negative and we're gonna go to a little positive spin what's a band that you feel is underappreciated junior so i have a couple of honorable mentions one of them is ice t for a long time he was more of a musician than he was an actor until he started doing movies like new jack city and started getting on law and order and all of these shows he's been an actor for like 30 something years Yeah, people kind of forget that he ever even did music to begin with at this point. Uh, The other one, and this one um, you guys probably don't have much knowledge of, is Third Base. As Gary can attest, I probably have 20 to 30 Third Base songs. Um, I'm familiar with Third Base. I made a deposit there once. (laughs) Yes, uh, Bob actually has a funny story about Third Base. No, no, let's move along. along. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But the band that I picked is one that Bob picked, and I thought about changing it after I saw Bob's answer. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It is the greatness of Devo. For a long time, I was in the camp of thinking that they were a one-hit wonder. Obviously, everybody knows with it. It wasn't until I joined the Columbia Records house and I got their cassette for 120, <laughs> along with 10 other cassettes, and I listened to their greatest hits. Again, knowing that I am huge into synth, when I heard all of these songs with these heavy synths and all of these wacky lyrics and craziness that was going on, I just fell in love with it. Peekaboo's greatness, uh, the song that... So many, so many great songs. I can see Gary shaking your head. Gary. Oh, bad. 
<laughs> so bad. I think Bob is the only one that's going to support me. Anybody dogging the Eagles? No credibility. Yeah, I um, I'm a little Devo is what it is, so. We'll move on. All right, so... Yeah. yeah. We actually got a good uh, karaoke out of their songs. Are we not men? We are diva. The greatness, the greatness of Jocko Homo. Are we not men? We are diva. Junior. What is the band you love? A couple of honorable mentions here. The first one is one that we actually did a How Many on. That is The Greatness of Queen. So many big hits. One of the reasons that I really fell in love with them was, I think we talked about this during that episode, the Flash Gordon soundtrack and all of the guitar riffs that are playing as they're attacking the ship and all the Hawkmen come down. Sounds like a video game. I didn't realize at the time that Queen had done the entire soundtrack for that movie. So once I realized that, I started seeking out more of their music and so many great hits. The other honorable mention I had in here, and I kind of lumped these two together. I know I kind of broke the rules, but Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne, I kind of had grouped together. And I see, Gary, you're going crazy on that because you you think that they're very distinctive, right? Yeah, there's <laughs> light years of difference between those two. I guess my reaction to their music, whether it's Black Sabbath or Ozzy, feels the same. But it's all good, though. If you had put Black Sabbath as one category and Ozzy in another, I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. But band I went with, the Bee Gees. Oh, nice. got weird taste in <laughs> When I saw the Saturday Night Fever movie, I fell in love with the soundtrack. All of those songs that the CD did on there are greatness. One of the very first CDs I bought was the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. They have so many hits, and it's weird because their voices are very similar to Maroon 5, so there's not much difference in vocal tones there. But I don't know, the melodies, again, I'm huge into easy listening, I'm huge into yacht rock in addition to hardcore rap and heavy metal so i am kind of all over the place but yeah i i absolutely love the beat they had a very good career in the 60s and then they were kind of having a comeback like nights on broadway was a hit they were planning to work on this album and then the producers kind of talked to him about being on the soundtrack and it was kind of almost accidental that they became synonymous with the disco movement yeah i think the bgs are greatness and the good pick and i even love all of the collaborations that they did with other artists like the two barbara streisand songs that were with the bgs those are great songs too Wow. Junior, I recommend you just because it, you know, it's been a whole 10 minutes and I haven't mentioned Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, when he was touring in Australia a few years ago, he opened his shows with different Australian acts. And one night he opened with Staying Alive. And that is worth you Googling. The E Street Band doing Staying Alive is pretty awesome. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. Music loud and women warm I've been kicked around since I was born Now it's alright, I'm okay You may look the other way 
We can try to understand the New York Times effect on man. Whether you're a brother, whether you're a brother, you're still alive, still alive. All right, band that you can listen to over and over again. A couple of honorable mentions here. I had considered Def Leppard. I think they are greatness. I'm actually surprised they didn't make anybody's list. They have a ton of hits. They're one of my favorite bands with a one-armed drummer. (laughs) (laughs) The very niche genre. Uh, Another one that I considered was one that, again, we've done a How Many episode on, Kenny Loggins. I love Kenny Loggins' music, and every time I hear them now, I think back to Jill Saltshaker, or whatever her name is. (laughs) Jill uh, (laughs) Saltshaker, yes. His songs fill so much of my youth watching movies because of all the movie soundtrack songs, from Caddyshack to Top Gun, Over the Top. Footloose. So many great hits. But the band I went with here, and I think this one will make Gary happy, because I know he's disapproved of some of these picks, Metallica. Metallica. And, and it's funny because I wasn't the biggest Metallica fan in my teenage years. I kind of listened to more of their collection as I got older. And you know what was one of the big turning points of me really liking Metallica's music was when we were working at Bank Tech, Chris Fullenweider, uh, otherwise known as Fuzzy Wheelie, was a <laughs> huge Metallica fan. And he actually burned me uh, a couple of their CDs. And as I made my way through those CDs, I really appreciated not just the, the radio, hits, but a lot of their B-sides really enjoy their music. I could listen to them over and over again. Hey, Jesse, have you ever have you ever heard them do Whiskey in the Jar? No. That's a good version. Really, really good version of that song. I'm partial to the original, but it is a very good version. In the original from the thousand years ago in Ireland? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, but I got I, I will write that down and check that out. All right, so band that made me fall in love with music. All right, so a couple of honorable mentions here. And before I get to these... Um, <laughs> Junior has 33 <laughs> answers, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a 10-minute yes. story behind every one of yeah. this. I didn't really come into music consciousness until I was probably around 10 years old. And the first genre of music that I really got into was rap. So when it comes to music that I fell in love with early on in my life, a couple of things I started listening to where I was like, Man, I really like that. Eric B. and Rakim, which is a rap group from the 80s. Gary is shaking his head yes, though. He's probably the only one that knows who that is. Eric B. and Rakim, I know them. Lots of great songs. Another one is Run DMC. They were Ah, the very first rap artists that I liked. So many big hits from their first two albums. But the one that I went with, and Gary's not going to like this. I know what you're going to say here. I do think it's kind of funny that all of us are like, Gary is is the Simon Cowell of the podcast. (laughs) You know, I have opinions. Go ahead and make your guess, Bob. Beastie Boys. Beasties. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rap. The Beastie Boys were the first cassette I ever purchased. Licensed to Ill was the first cassette I bought. And I wore that cassette into the ground. To the point where the tape broke and I had yeah. to buy a replacement. Did you have the entire cassette memorized? Yes, front to back. Every song on that cassette was 
greatness and a hit. It was so different than anything I had heard on the radio up to that point. Their big commercial hit, obviously, was Fight for Your Right to Party. But that song isn't even that indicative of the rest of that cassette in terms of the sampling, the DJ work, the way that they were mixing and scratching. All of the songs on that cassette are so much better than that one song. It was just a game changer to me. So, Bob, I know you will agree with me on the greatness of the yeah. Disney Boys. No, you, yeah. so I want to say this. You guys have this thing. You like to paint me into a corner with the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I have readily acknowledged, first of all, License to Ill, the entire thing, start to finish, amazing. After that, in my opinion, downhill. Doesn't mean they never had any more hits, but you guys were claiming like 25 or 30, and I'm saying like 15 <laughs> 20. If I say somebody has 20 hits, I'm by no means poo-pooing on their career. I don't think that they're That's scared. pretty amazing, right? Like yeah. someone yeah. to have 20. It's yeah. just that I think 12 of them came off their first off their first CD, and then you know, <laughs> it was a little bit more sparse after that. I don't hate them. I probably bought that license to ill CD five times because I wore out cassettes <laughs> and then that CD is stolen, and I kept rebuying it because I love it so much. I really do like the Beasties. You beat me down with your, uh, oh, they've got 60, and then I've got to fight against them. I just, I hate them. Just, yeah. just because you're trying to balance, right? Now, Jesse, I give them one. I was going to say, Jesse and Scott, yeah. do you acknowledge Beastie Boy greatness? Beastie Boys ain't that great. I, I, I give them maybe one song. That's terrible. Which Scott, one is it? Oh, it's Fight for Your Right. That's like the only <laughs> oh, one. Come on, Scott. You at least like Girls. Girls has got to be a girl. Every song they had sounds the same. Scott, you, in general, there's really little, if any, rap music you like, correct? I do not I do not enjoy rap. You are correct there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of the same thing. I mean, there's certain things that, like Chris, when he was a teenager, we would listen to, and I would, oh, this is kind of interesting, but it's just not, it's not my style I, uh, of music. I remember Poochie, when he was probably like early teenage years or whatever, was really into Nelly. That was like yeah. his band. Yeah. All right, band that changed your life. Now, it could have been really easy for me to put the Beastie Boys in this category, but I do have some honorable mentions. The first one is LL Cool J, the bad album I thought was greatness. So many good songs. Um, Someone else who now most people will think is an actor. Is an actor, yeah. More than a musician. It's funny how people like him, Ice-T, Ice Cube, have moved on to acting roles, and now the new generation only sees them as actors. Another honorable mention I had, and again, this was another one where I grouped two things together, NWA and Easy e it's hard for me to separate those two because they're so tightly conjoined when it comes to their music. Yeah, Easy e was on NWA's album and they had a solo album that was produced by members of NWA. So it's all kind of runs together. They were a huge game changer when I was growing up. But the one that I actually went with was mentioned by Bob Sturm when he was doing his list. And that is the greatness of Public Enemy. <laughs> When I, when I heard It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, that was such a game changer. Their lyrics, the way they orchestrated their songs, the way that they were mixing and scratching, it was so different than anything I had heard 
up until that point. I mean, the Beastie Boys were kind of a fun, party kind of rap. Public Enemy was just angry. They had an angry style of rap. They were kind of preaching history. A lot of things that people weren't really talking about in music anyway. They were a big game changer in my life. Very nice. The way things worked out, Flavor Flav went on to do reality shows and he's kind of... He is insane. Yeah, they, <laughs> people think that he's kind of a weirdo. Reflects, right. <laughs> that kind of reflects on Public Enemy because it wasn't just Chuck D doing all the songs. Flavor Flav did some of them too. And some of the bigger hits were his, like "My One One Is a Joke." That was a big hit for them. I'm not that big a fan of Public Enemy. You should have gone with the first one. Well, NWA and Easy. Yeah, you did that backwards. They're okay. They just they were never like Eric B and Rakim too. And I think it maybe is just because I have a little bit of a West Coast bias. I just was never a big fan of this. Yeah, like this is my a blind, blind spot, spot for me. <laughs> I'm not a rap fan. It's right there with Barbershop Quartet and Polka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, band that surprised you, Junior. Um, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first one is System of a Down. And mm. the reason I put them on this list is because... Good choice. When I was making the movie Santos in the mid-2000s. One of the people that was making that movie with us had just bought their album, and he played that every opportunity he could in between takes, you know, going in his car to get lunch. And at first, I hated it. It was so different than what I was used to listening to, but I grew to really love that album, and I really dug their style of music. The other honorable mention I almost put as my pick, just because I heard so much hate for them in the <laughs> previous episodes, and that would be Depeche Mode. But you just didn't want to, to make a mockery of your own <laughs> list. No, just to counterbalance <laughs> all of the besmirchment of them. So. Very appropriate. <laughs> I think they are greatness. And I wasn't the biggest Depeche Mode fan growing up. It wasn't until a little bit after, again, the Columbia House eight cassettes for one penny deal <laughs> but the band that i went with here i almost made them my guilty pleasure is lincoln park I think they have a ton of great songs. Now, they were big in the early to mid-2000s, and that was right around the time that I was making the anime music videos, and everybody was making Linkin Park videos to Dragon Ball Z. That's kind of how I became aware of them, and the more videos I watched, the more I really appreciated their music. Now, all the videos were pretty awful. They all repurposed the same fight scenes over and over and over again, but the songs themselves I thought were great. Miranda would really appreciate that pick. They just don't make a dent. Junior, that can't surprise you though. Scott just told you he doesn't like rap and Lincoln Park is rap rock. Yeah, it's, <laughs> when I heard it in the stores, it was just that. Nah. I like Lincoln Park quite a bit. I always think of them in that same vein as like Limp Biscuit and some of those other bands because right. it was around that same time frame. It's rap rock. It got yeah, real popular rap rock. For I think Lincoln Park is a lot better than Limp Biscuit, but I, I do like several Limp Biscuit songs. I'll say this the Chester Bennington stuff is, is what really really sets them apart because it's not just rap rock. Linkin Park has a lot of stuff that's actually the vocals are really good. I'm just feeling very old at this point in the conversation. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, guilty pleasure. Before you give us the main one, do you have a couple of like honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. <laughs> Funny enough, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I thought about Culture Club. I okay, like now a lot I of, cannot support you <laughs> because I like a lot of Culture Club songs. I thought about ABBA because I like a lot of ABBA songs. Again, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's enough songs from Boy George and Culture Club, but ABBA has a very diverse catalog. I gotta ask you a question because it's something that came up during my list. It's something that came up during Jesse's. Bob brought it up. Are these things that your mom or your dad listen to a lot? Is that where you get this stuff? No, I think it's just certain genres of music really appeal to me. And one of them is the very light, easy Rap rock and yacht rock. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out, though. You know, as you're listening to Beastie Boys and Metallica, Public Enemy, how did ABBA end up on your radar? That's why I was asking about the parents thing. Honestly, none of these picks were really driven by any music that my parents listened to. My parents and especially my dad listened to a lot of country, like uh, George Strait, listened to a lot of Tejano music. I was not that heavily into that music enough to put them on this list. Even though there are Tejano bands that I like, I do like George Strait, but I don't love him enough to fit him into any of these categories. So (laughs) the pick I went with was Air Supply. Love. You're all out of yes. love. Like, the joke is that like 10 of their songs have the word love somewhere in the title. Lost in love, all out of love. I'm the one that you love. I love the harmonies. I love... You I, will you know whip this out of karaoke too. done a lot of these Air Supply songs. Yeah, they're very easy to get into in terms of singing. I don't know what it is. I love piano and harmony and they encapsulate a lot of that. So, odd confession. The first concert I ever went to without adults was Air Supply. Oh. Nice. I was like 10 or 12. We went to Six Flags and they used to do summer park concerts for like five bucks. And uh, I had three older sisters. We had a season pass. And and so we went to a lot of concerts, but that was the first one. I'm going to give a little love. Once again, I don't know if they have enough of a catalog. Now, Scott, they're not rap. They're not rap rock. So do you acknowledge them at all? No. (laughs) (laughs) They came out during the years that I was really discovering a heavy, heavy rock and roll. It just didn't work for me. So they were, you know, I guess the late 70s, early 80s. I'm sure I had an Air Supply CD. Well done, sir. They're not completely terrible. All right. Band I should have seen live by now. I tried to do this category based on how many hits that they would be able to play that I would be able to appreciate without wanting to immediately go home. So, for my honorable mentions, I thought about Fleetwood Mac, because I think Fleetwood Mac has anywhere between 25 to 35. I think they're greatness, and especially if uh, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks called off and did their solo stuff. Another honorable mention I thought of, not only because of the amount of hits, but because I have heard that their concerts are greatness, is Cypress Hill. I think they probably have, in my estimation, between 15 and 25 and, and when oh, you leave there, oh, maybe oh. listen to some Pink Floyd on the ride home, because you will be high. <laughs> yeah, all the second hands will definitely okay. put me in a better state of mind. Cypress Hill's greatness. But the, the band I went with is one that I think puts together a great concert. It would be more of a spectacle than anything. Plus, they have a ton of hits. We've done a How Many episode on them before. That would be the greatness of Kiss. 
Oh, okay. I think this concert would be greatness. And you are they, right. If they come into town, I would love to see that. They yeah, put on a good show. That's a good call. It's a, that's one I would really like to see that I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I agree too. And maybe that should be a how many road trip. Like we talked about, that would remember going back to my junior year in high school. I would be interesting. I would yeah. say this about them though. Going to see Kiss now is almost like going to see a side show. I've mean, always been going to see the side show. No, no. I mean, but in a good way. Almost like they're just a parody of themselves. It's not the same band anymore, you know? I would agree that it, it wouldn't be the same as if we went to go see them like in their heyday in the yeah, mid right. to late 70s. But as long as Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are in the band, then I think they're still worth the price of admission. Now, once one of them leaves or croaks, then I would say there's no point. You might as well go see Little Kiss. We actually got a good uh, karaoke out of their songs. <laughs> that has the, <laughs> the most shake laugh opening of any Kiss song. Where Paul Stanley just gets on there and he's like, Hey, some point Kiss is going to tour and there won't be any original members. So kind of like a blue man group or just they rotate out. You made me laugh about that because, as I talked about another podcast I really like, the History of Rock and Roll and 500 Songs, on their website, they sell a t-shirt that says, Someday everyone will be the lead singer of the Drifters for 50 minutes. <laughs> Kiss may reach that point sometime where uh, it's a franchise. So, last topic, great band to see live. So, this was the easiest choice because, as some of you can probably attest, I rarely ever go to concerts the last concert i went to that wasn't a cover band was this person and i could have put this person in every positive category that's on this list and that is the greatness of weird al in my estimation He has more than any band or any solo artist in the history of music. What he does with the reworking of songs and making them funny, I think is the most genius of genius. I don't have enough superlatives to bestow upon the greatness of Weird Al, and I would go back and see him in a heartbeat. I give you Weird Al. I will tip the hat to Weird Al. Um, I don't own any of his stuff, but I've always thought that his music it was freaking genius. Yeah, you, you could say, well, anybody could do it. Well, not that well. For me with Weird Al, I think it's, if I see a video, funny. I'll watch the video. If I hear a song on the radio, it's funny. I'll listen to the song and I'll probably enjoy it. But to sit down and just run through Weird Al songs or go to a concert, I just don't think I can do it. Just talking about the concert I went to, it was like around 2012 when I went. This show was amazing because... Every time he would go into a different song, he would actually change his outfit. So like when he did Fat, he got into the fat suit. When he did Eat It, he got into the red Michael Jackson leather jacket. Anytime he was going to do a song, he would do the costume. He puts on a really good high-energy show. My, my youngest son was really into him a few years ago. So he came through town right around his birthday. So I took him to go see him for his birthday and Weird Al had just put out a new album at the time. You know, I always enjoy Weird Al okay, but I never thought, oh, I'm going to go see him in concert. But Junior had highly recommended it and we had a great time. My son loved it. 
I loved it. It was fun. My only regret with the uh, with the concert I went to is he sells a VIP package where you can not only go and get you know a really good seat, but you yeah. can get a backstage meet and greet and a picture taken with him, and you'll get something signed. I really should have went the extra mile and splurged. So uh, next time, money will be no object. <laughs> probably, yeah. If we ever have concerts ever again. And I could see Weird Al being a Vegas show someday or having yes. his own place in Branson. That would be good. That would be perfect that I would do. I did a quick look. Looks like Devo, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones are the only people that cross. In other words, everything else, we were all unique. We had very little crossover in our choices. Well done, Junior. Very nice. Any last thoughts before we close? I kind of knew that a lot of my picks were going to garner the reactions that they did. Yeah. They suck or I have no knowledge whatsoever of your selection. Again, my taste in music is really all over the place. And as Bob can attest, when I'm listening to them in the car, I'll only get about 15 seconds at a time before I'm ready to move on to the next song. And that drives people crazy. (laughs) Yes, that would drive me crazy too. Short attention span. We would love to hear your picks of the bands of your life. If they want to reach us, how can they, Junior? They can reach out to us by email to howmanypodcasts at gmail.com. They can uh, leave a message on the YouTube channel. Uh, Just search for the How Many Podcast. They can send us a tweet on the How Many Twitter account. Or you can uh, send me a tweet directly, even though I won't read it. Mexican underscore junior. And you can hear me at Jesse Jackson DFW. Gary. At travel underscore cowboy. And Bob. At lukewarm tallboy. And Scott. It's GS Matula on the Instagram. Scott underscore Matula on the Twitter. Yeah. And you can go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review us. Thank you. Be safe. Wear effing masks. And we'll talk to you soon. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the bands of your life. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.